This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This is Cottage Talk's end of the transfer window analysis. Did Fulham improve from last season? I'm going to go through all of the players coming in, talk about some that went out, and I'll be asking that question to myself at the end of the show. Did Fulham improve? Are they better? Are they worse? Or did they stay the same? That answer will be given like I mentioned, the second half of the show, probably closer to the end. But I have a lot to talk about before that. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other phone supporters find us. So where do we start? I think it's pretty obvious. We have to start with the Jao Paulinha saga that went over the last couple of days of the transfer window. And what's interesting about this is that, call me naive, I did not see this coming with Jao Polina. We've seen him linked to West Ham this summer, maybe some other clubs in the Premier League, and it just seemed like this was not going to happen, that he would be a phone player, nothing would change that. Then we get to the end of the transfer window, and I saw the speculation with the link to Bayern Munich. Now, obviously, Bayern Munich is who they are. They are a club that will contend for a Champions League title. Let's call it what it is. That's how good they are. They are on that level. Real Madrid, they're on that level. So you have to take that seriously. But for whatever reason, I didn't take it seriously enough because I just thought it was the end of the window. It's too late. Nothing's going to come of this. Well, I was wrong because obviously what transpired after that was uh, a crazy couple of days as a Fulham supporter. So first things first, the interest was one thing. But then when you start seeing the speculation that Paulinho wants to go, that's when things get real. And then you see going back and forth with more speculation that it looks like it could be on the way to happening, but Fulham would need a replacement. You're seeing all the reports in Germany really going full force on this, that it made it look like this was more likely than not to happen. And I'm going to back that. It was more likely than not because the player wanted to go. However, Fulham 
did something that they needed to do. They needed to protect themselves. Regardless of how this all turned out, the fact that they needed a replacement was the right thing to do. So that was the last part of this. And it was a huge part of it. They could have agreed on a fee. He could have agreed to terms. He had his medical reports are that he even put on the Bayern Munich shirt for photos for their media. All of that probably was on the way to happening that it looked like it was going to happen. That's the way it was going. It was going in that direction. However, the reports that we were seeing from Germany, also from Fabrizio Romano, were that a green light was not given. You would see that term, green light was not given. They were waiting for the green light from Fulham, and that involved a replacement. So I've seen several reports that Fulham were trying. I've actually got one myself that they legitimately were trying to coordinate this situation, but a replacement was needed. They were trying to accommodate job pulling it, which for me, I wouldn't have done it. I would have kept him. I would say, listen, you're under contract. That's me. But it seems like Fulham were trying to accommodate the player. So they did, but they would only do it under the caveat that they would find a suitable replacement. Now, when you only have a couple of days to get this done and the clock is ticking, I was thinking there's no way that they could find a replacement in time. I've seen the players that were linked. Good players, but not at Jao Polina's level, in my opinion. I knew it was going to be very difficult for them to find a suitable replacement. Could they have found someone to do part of the job? Yes. But to do what Paulina can do for Fulham, they probably can't find that even in January or maybe even the summer. It's going to be very difficult. So the timeline made this very difficult on Bayern Munich. Fulham are getting a lot of blame for this, and they shouldn't be because they actually did the right thing by protecting themselves and not allowing him to go. The argument is, should you let him go for the medical and do all that? Again, I give them credit for trying to accommodate the player, but they were protecting themselves. So it was this very weird back and forth because the players probably thinking I'm talking about Well, I have a deal here. I'm going through the medical, but he had to have known that this was not going to happen unless they found a replacement. They didn't. Their window closed, and he comes back to Fulham. And I've seen all the reports and all the Bayern Munich supporters going crazy, basically saying, why didn't you just let him go? I've even seen some say, well, you had more time in your window. Why didn't you just sign someone? Because you know what? Fulham come first before Jao Polina. They needed to put the club first. They were trying to accommodate him, but they put themselves first by not allowing him to go without a replacement. That was the right thing to do. That was the absolute right thing to do. He will come back. There will be talk about January, and I've already laid this out. If I'm Fulham, and if the situation is they are comfortably mid-table and they want to accommodate him again, I understand that. But if they are fighting for Europe or if they're in a relegation battle, I wouldn't do this. I would not sell him in January. I would then have this look into this summer. Also, in my opinion, this is just me speaking. If I'm in charge, and this is why I shouldn't be in charge of Fulham Football Club, 
I would never sell them to Bayern Munich. I wouldn't give the player, the player's agent, Bayern Munich, what they wanted, the way that they have disrupted the end of the transfer window. I wouldn't do it. I would sell them to another club. Maybe I'm a little bit spiteful that way. That's just me. I'm just saying that's what I would do. That's why I shouldn't be in charge of Fulham Football Club because I deal with emotions too much. And sometimes you have to get emotion out of it and think of it more of business sense. So maybe business-wise, I would not be doing the right thing. That's why I shouldn't be in charge of Fulham Football Club. But I'm just telling you what I would do. I wouldn't sell him to Bayern Munich at all now. I just wouldn't do it. I love Jao Polina as a player. Don't get me wrong. I love him as a player. I expect him to be a professional and play for Fulham Football Club moving forward. And we'll see how this goes. But he signed a contract. That's that. And uh, I will look forward to seeing him playing for Fulham Football Club. And we'll see where it takes us in January and maybe this summer. But in the end, this saga was messy. This saga left a lot of bad taste in many people's mouths. But in the end, he's back where he should be. And that's with Fulham Football Club because he signed a contract and they did not find a replacement. So in the end, it worked out the way it should have for Fulham. He shouldn't have gone without a replacement. So for those who say, just let him go, you're wrong. Because you don't care about Fulham Football Club. I do. And they would have been in a relegation battle if they did not find a replacement. They probably would have been relegated. Or will be relegated if they decided to just sell him without a replacement. That would have been dumb. Would have been stupid. So Fulham are a lot of things. One is not stupid, in my opinion. They're not stupid because that would have been stupid. So for all the Bayern Munich supporters who are just angry at Fulham, you should be angry at your own club because they only came in for him with 48 hours to go. If there was more time to do something, then maybe something could have happened. But they did not have enough time between all parties. So if there's anyone to blame on this, it's Bayern Munich not Fulham Football Club. They actually did the right thing. The shoe's on the other foot. Would you want Bayern Munich to sell your best player without a replacement? I think not. Just think about that. Play it both ways. Fulham did the right thing here in the end. It's painful. It'll be a painful time now. We'll see how he reacts. We've seen the Instagram post that's now been taken off from Zhao's brother, who's his agent talking about all of this stuff with Bayern Munich. I thought it was very disrespectful to Fulham Football Club. So that's now been taken off. He deserves criticism for putting that out. He didn't need to do that. And that's just going to cause more, in my opinion, a rift between himself, his brother, and Fulham. And it didn't need to be that way. He didn't need to do that. Let the sides come together because they have to work together. And that Instagram post probably made it a little bit harder. So I'm glad that he took it down, Zhao's brother, but I wish he didn't put that up because that just adds another bad taste to this whole thing. We understand the situation. He just didn't need to do it. And uh, I, I'm glad that he put that down. I'll just leave it there. Okay. So as I mentioned, I'm going to go through all of the players, talk about players that have come, some that have left, and then at the end of the show, I'll give you my assessment. Did Fulham improve from last season? Did they stay the same or did they get worse? So let's start with Raul Jimenez. And I actually like this signing. I've talked about this before on Cottage Talk. 
I think Raul Jimenez is going to start to score goals for Fulham Football Club. As someone said to me just today, as long as he doesn't go out wide and stays central, he's going to make an impact. And I agree with that supporter. I think it's just a matter of time before you see the goals going in the back of the net, and I think you'll see the assist. Jimenez is a very good player. He's only 32 years old. He's not, I would say, at the end of his career. Maybe he's a little past his prime, but I think he also has something to prove. We've already seen with a player like William that there was a lot of uh, gas left in the tank. I think there's a ton left with Jimenez. So I look forward to seeing what he brings. He is not a quote-unquote Mitro replacement, but he is playing that role right now. They did not bring another striker. I'll talk about that at the end of the show as well. But I think that he's going to score more goals than people think. And I think he's going to do a very good job for Fulham Football Club. I like the signing. Not a lot of money. I believe it was five million pounds. So economically, it makes sense. And you got a player that has a little chip on his shoulder. And I always like that. So I really like the signing of Raul Jimenez. Let's move on to Calvin Bassey. And I think this is actually potentially going to be an upgrade. Now, nothing against Tim Ream. Tim Ream is showing he can still play at a high level, but eventually you're going to move on. And Calvin Bassey, I think, will be your starting center back on the left, and then you're going to have Diop on the right. That's what I think is going to happen. I think eventually you will see Tim Ream being phased out a little bit. He can still start, but I think Bassey is the future, and I think he will be an upgrade. Younger, he's obviously really aggressive, has you know something to really offer for him that's a little bit different, I think, at the center back position. He's very good with the ball at his feet, but he's also very physical. So for me, this is an upgrade, and I like the fact that Fulham brought in Calvin Bassey that's one to watch for hopefully now and into the future. Here's an interesting one because we know that Fulham needed wingers and they brought in Adama Traore on a free. Now, Fulham lost Menor Salman. I think Menor Salman will realize very quickly that the loss is actually going to be more on him because I think he won't do as much with Spurs as he probably thought he would do. I think he made a mistake, but he leaves. And in comes Adama Traore. And what's interesting about him is uh, he's really exciting to watch. And I've already watched him play in the cup match. And the one thing that I think that I watched there that pretty much reigned true from whenever I've watched him is that power, strength, he has all that. Decision-making, okay, not the greatest, okay, but his end product is just not what you would want it to be. And I think that's the reason why he uh, has not progressed the way that maybe he should have. But Adama Traore has so much to offer Fulham Football Club with that pace, with that strength. He is going to be an asset. Will he be a starter right now? I'm going to give it to Harry Wilson, but Adama Traore is going to give him competition. It's going to be great coming off the bench. And I think can start as well. So I really like this signing. And again, economically, free transfer. The fact that he's also played with Jimenez is a bonus. You've got teammates reuniting. This is all good for Fulham Football Club. So the Triori signing for me is a good signing. It's really no risk, 
high reward. So I'm all for Adama Traore, and I got to be honest with you, I enjoy watching him play. I just wish he had a better end product, but maybe that'll improve under Marco Silva. Who knows? Okay, so let's go to another one that happened last week that I actually really like, and that's Timothy Castagna. And I think Timothy Castagna is going to give competition to our right back. I, th- I definitely think Kenny Tete is going to be dealing with Timothy Castagna throughout the season. I think this is a good thing because we want competition. We'll be talking about competition at left back too. That's what's great about Castagna. Proven Premier League player coming in at right back, and you have Tete. You have two, what I believe, quality right backs. This is what Marco wanted. Now you have it with Castagna. I think he can only help Fulham Football Club. If you've watched him, you know he's a good cross of the ball. He does have some pace. He does offer a great deal, similar to Kenny Tete, but I think his crossing might be even better. So for me, I love the signing of Timothy Castagna. Basically, the signings I'm talking about, I truly believe I have really no issues with. I want to say these are good quality signings. I think that's going to be the theme when I go through all of these signings. Now let's talk about the signing of uh, Stephen Benda. Now, this is an interesting one. He's actually injured right now, so that's why you have Marek Rodak still with Fulham Football Club. But Stephen Benda has a lot of upside, a young goalkeeper. I like this move. This is almost looking at it a year or two ahead, bringing in someone like Stephen Benda who will continue to develop. And then you have a decision to make with Marek Rodak, and that's a good thing. Competition is great, but Benda is – Right now, coming off of an injury, still working off on it. So that's why Rodak is still there. I like bringing in a player that you can develop for the future. And that's what Benda is because we all know that your number one goalkeeper is Baron Leno. But as Fulham continue on in the Premier League, you know teams are going to come in for Baron Leno. No one wants to hear that. So you have to be developing at a position that someone might be coming after, and that would be goalkeeper. I would be if I was another club. So I like the signing of Stephen Bender. Let's move on. Let's talk about two late signings for Fulham Football Club over the weekend on Friday. And that is, let's start with Alex Iwobi. And I've given a lot of thought about this. And on first thought, I was thinking, well, this is okay, you know, just bringing in Alex Iwobi. But when you look at Alex Iwobi's history, the fact that he's worked with Marco before and the fact that he's a very versatile player, he's an attacking midfielder. He can play the number 10 role. He can play both wings. It's almost like having another version of Bobby Decadova Reed. Full now have another player like that, but I think his quality is much higher than Bobby Decadova Reed. I'm a fan of BDR, but Alex Awobi can do similar things, but I just think at a different level, a higher level. He is a highly skillful player, and I love this signing. I think this is a sneaky, wonderful signing for Fulham Football Club because you can put him in several different places. You really can. You could put him on the wing on the left. You could put him on the wing at right. You could play him in the Andres Pereira role. You can absolutely do all of that, and that's what's wonderful about Awobi, and I think he's going to be a massive help to Fulham Football Club this season. This one, I know fans are looking at the price tag, and I I say, forget the price tag. If you look at his pedigree coming from Arsenal, 
And then if you look at his time at Everton, I know he doesn't score a lot of goals, but it's what everything else he offers on a high level. Like I said, we value Bobby Decadover-Reed. He's a better version, in my opinion, of Bobby Decadover-Reed. I think he offers you more. And now you have basically two versions of the same player, one that just I think is a better version, and that's Alex Iwobi. And I think Alex Iwobi is going to do great for Fulham Football Club. This is a huge signing. With all of the situation at the end of the window, this is the one that, for whatever reason, flies under the radar because he had his medical early in the morning. It wasn't released until the end of the day, so... There was talk maybe things were falling through. It didn't fall through. It actually all came in the end to him being a full football player. And if you look at his interview with the club, what I like about this is that he talks about that he was sold on Fulham because of the ambition of the manager, Marco. That's what sold him on Fulham Football Club. I'm going to be talking about that at the end of the show because I think that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Because I believe Marco's ambition is a lot higher than maybe most think. I think he is looking towards not just Europe, getting into Europe, but a little higher up than that. I, not just like Europa League. I think he's looking beyond that. And that's the type of manager that I want. But that's also what makes this window a little bit disappointing. And I'll share my thoughts on that at the end of the show. Okay, but I am thrilled about the signing of Alex Awobi. I think this is a wonderful signing. Okay, so now let's talk about the one that actually happened very, very late, and that's the signing of, on loan from AC Milan, Foda Balatore, left back. Now, what's interesting about that is that uh, Fulham had been linked to him all summer. He's on a season-long loan. Here's a player that actually has a lot of skill, He's got some very good pedigree in him, and he has a lot of pace. He will challenge Jedi on the left-hand side. So now you have competition at both fullback positions. That's what you wanted. That's what you absolutely wanted. So for me, that's wonderful news to bring in this player. Again, on loan, nothing really to lose here. And he'll just give more competition and depth to Fulham Football Club. Like the signing here. I don't see anything wrong with Fulham signing Foda Bella Torre. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I want to welcome him along with the other players to Fulham Football Club. Okay, before I finish up and we talk about the Fulham improve from last season, I want to talk about something that I also think flew underneath the radar. And I think this is two positives. So there were two situations that flew under the radar. One is that Fulham did not sell Tosin Adrabayo. He's with Fulham right now. So I wanted Fulham to get another center back. So that's why I wanted another player. I, I talked about I wanted four to five players. At the end of the window, that's the reason why I was factoring on selling Tosin. They did not sell Tosin, so he's back in the fold. He's a Fulham player. He will play for Fulham. So let's invite him back in regardless of his thoughts on Fulham, you know, wanting to leave is pretty obvious, but he's back in Fulham. He'll be a professional. He'll play. And again, that's more depth to Fulham Football Club. Tosin is still in the fold for Fulham Football Club. Another one that's very interesting, and there was speculation that Luke Harris was going to go out on loan. 
to Exeter. Now, what's interesting about this, Luke Harris, I thought, played very well for Fulham Football Club against Manchester City. He proved he can play with the best team in the world, play against them. He did a wonderful job. So for me, there was speculation that Fulham were going to bring in another central midfielder, and they weren't able to do that. So that's the reason why Luke Harris stayed. And I think that's a good thing because Fulham need to develop young players. I think Luke can play in the Premier League right now. Give him a chance. Another player that Fulham have in central midfield. He's now shown that he can play against a team like that. He can now play each and every week off the bench. Luke Harris, part of the Fulham side right now. I think that's a wonderful thing that many aren't talking about. I know fans probably wanted him to get some experience going out to Exeter. But I think right now he might be best being with Fulham because Fulham might need Luke Harris because, honestly, I don't know what you're going to get from Tom Kearney because he is injury-prone. So Luke Harris coming back or staying with Fulham is huge, and it's great for his development. He is a Premier League player. Let's just say it right now. Now he's got a chance to really show how good he is, and I love the fact that Luke Harris stays. I understand the advantages of sending him out on loan, but I'm glad that he is staying at Fulham Football Club. Okay, coming up next to end the show, I'm going to answer the question, did Fulham improve? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okay, to end this show of Cottage Talk, the question is, did Fulham improve from last season? And this is an interesting one because I wanted Fulham to build a squad that was going to contend for seventh. I've said it that I predicted seventh, so I wanted upgrades in a lot of places. I definitely wanted that. So the question is, did Fulham improve from last season? Did they stay the same or did they get worse? So let's factor in one major thing before we I answer that question. The Mitral loss is still a hard one to replace. I have to start there. I think they were able to replace Menor Solomon. Mitro, the jury's still out because we don't know exactly how many goals you're going to get from the combination of Raul Jimenez, Carlos Vinicius, and Rodrigo Muniz. What's interesting about Muniz is that I almost feel like Muniz has jumped ahead of Carlos Vinicius. I find that interesting. But I think based on the cup match that I watched, I think you've seen some improvement. So I think this is a good thing for Fulham Football Club that they now have these three players, but the loss of Metro is massive. Let's not sugarcoat that. It is huge. So we're going to have to see how this all plays out 
But um, that's one of the reasons why my stance is this. Did Fulham improve from last season? Did they stay the same or did they get worse? I don't think they got worse. I don't think they improved because I think they needed to add more quality players of the level of Paulinia. Bassey might be, maybe a Wobi is, but I think they needed to add two or three more. Plus, they also needed to replace Mitro, and the jury is still out on that because I don't think that they have, honestly, well, they didn't bring in a player. They actually did not bring in a player. So they didn't do that. So something tells me they did not get better. So I would say basically based on the players that they brought in, I think with the quality that they brought in, and that's the thing about it, the players that they brought in are high-quality players. I don't think Fulham got worse. I don't think they got better. I think they stayed the same, and I think that is my disappointment. I wanted Fulham to kick on. There was This was a wonderful opportunity. They didn't do that, so I think that they stayed about the same, and that is too bad. Let's see if they can improve in January, but for me, I looked at this as an opportunity to really spend some money, upgrade everywhere, as I wanted them to do. Instead, I, I think they pretty much stayed where they were from last season. They're a good quality team. That will probably end in the top 10. I don't think I'm going to get my desire of seventh, but I think they're going to be in the top 10. I truly believe that. I think it's good enough. We'll see if I'm right. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other phone supporters find us. That's going to do it for this episode. My name is Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to College Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.